0: this is where Texas politics gets interesting. Here again are two guys named Jason, some great guests, and cold Texas beer for another smart conversation on Yolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas.
1: All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're back for another week of Yolitics. We're releasing this one a little bit early yeah. um, because, you know,
2: We've because got- you have two tall boys to drink over there. That's, that's the reason, I think, right?
1: <laughs> well, I think we're going to need them uh, for this <laughs> week that's coming up. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, big impeachment trial of suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton yeah. is happening uh, in Austin starting September 5th. Uh, and that's what this episode is all about. Um, I've been waiting. Uh, we, we do have two large beers here today. These are 20-ounce beers. We usually, I guess, do a 12-ounce? I or, think so. Yeah. Uh, what is it? No, do you wait. have brown bags for those? Actually, these are 16 ounces. We usually do a 12-ounce.
2: Pull, pull them on camera here. so. Our, our, I, well, I can't show you what they right, are I'll, yet. I'll, I'll put
1: away. them. I'll, yeah, I'll show you. them like this. Put them right over there. So, um, so these, I've been waiting for a long time. It's just that you never show up to work. And so, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, so I've had these for a little bit because... I went to Alaska in, um, and in August. and I'm the
2: and I'm the guy that never shows up to work and, and then you then you segue into I went to Alaska go <laughs> ahead did really work out Continue. Continue. Yeah.
1: so I went to Alaska in August and and first of all you know when people find out that you're from Texas in Alaska what they happened? say oh that's a cute little state you know because Alaska's huge and you don't really get a perspective for how huge Alaska is until they tell you and 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 I haven't researched this uh, admittedly cuz I'm always behind But they say that in the early days in Alaska, they even, like, had this official thing where they, you know, were were going to split the state in two. Really? Um, And and this was like an official proposal, they told me, so that—and I don't know if this is just an old wives' tale. They said they were going to split it in two so as not to offend Texas uh, when they were joining the union— the problem is, is if they split the state in exactly two, yeah. Texas would no longer be the second largest state. It would become the third, third. largest. Interesting. That's how big Alaska is. Yeah.
2: That's tremendous. Is that true? I, I've never it. heard of that.
1: Uh, that's what they told me. Up there. And multiple people told me that. Interesting. You would I, think I could have researched that before we got onto the podcast. but we have, Hey, it's been a busy time. Yeah. I mean, because you're we'll, never here and I'm doing twice the work. <laughs> so,
2: except when you're in Alaska. But go ahead. You brought this back. Go ahead.
1: So I went to a place called the 49th State Brewing Company there in Anchorage. Uh, they have tons of beers to choose from. The place is legendary there. Uh, and I, I picked up a couple. And uh, the one I chose, you know, sometimes I have a sweet tooth, and, and my favorite there w- when I was in Alaska was that double shovel uh, pineapple. I you know how I like those fruity yeah, beers. Yeah, do. Uh, this one though uh, says that it's brewed with I don't even know how to pronounce this speculoos cookies, buckets of maple syrup, and a secret blend of spices. It's called the Cabin Fever.
2: It'll keep you warm.
1: So I'm going to have a little bit of that today. But this is
2: a taste test, you said, It is,
1: because, you know, I know that you're going to complain about this. No matter what I do, you're never happy. (laughs) So this one, I looked for something for you, since you're always complaining about fruity beers, and I thought, what is the least fruity beer here? Was it a Pilsner? And it turns out it is the Thundershuck, and I didn't mispronounce that. The Thundershuck, Alaska Oyster Stout. Oyster stuff? They actually brew this Stop with it. more than two bushels, it says, of Alaskan oysters, and it also has hints, hints of chocolate in there. This is going to be a weird drink. Uh, a You're saying O Y S T E R. Oyster. That's why they call it Thunder Shuck instead of Struck. Wow. So I
2: don't know if I want to try
1: this. Drink either. up on that big bad boy. You've got 20 Let's... ounces, uh, no, 16 ounces of good old oyster beer. Uh, And they say it's got a great mouthfeel. You can imagine, like creamy from the oysters, maybe. Dude. No, I'm going to actually taste that one. I do like stouts. We'll see how this this goes. This is a stout.
2: Alaska (laughs) Oyster Stout. So, a lot of times. Let me me show this right here, too.
1: Like when I tried the pineapple beer there, I came back to Texas and thought, do we have an analog of that here? Because I really liked it. And I found one with Austin East Ciders. is that right? East cider? Yeah.
2: East. Yeah. C-I-D-E-R. Uh,
1: and, yeah. And, and I found one there. I don't think I'm going to find a Texas beer that's brewed with Texas oysters. I Dude, think it's highly
2: unlikely. I want you to see this as I, as I pour this. It's like coffee.
1: <laughs> I was going to say tar. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, that's great. Or molasses. Something's yeah, gonna have molasses. This,
2: this thing is.
1: That's got a good mouthfeel. As they say, is, I like this. This
2: is a family audience, man. Come on, that's
1: really good. Is that what they say? Yeah. Now you've got to. you uh, got to. It looks like an espresso. You poured a big one there. Yeah. You've got to. You've got to drink all of that because we've got the other one to try too. You've got to try the cabin fever. We'll try that in between guests.
2: See, I don't get any hints of oysters in this. I think it's the
1: mouthfeel. I think that they add a little creaminess, a little earthiness, you know, unctuousness. You would know. Yeah. So. Um, so let's see the other one here. What is this? Well, well, let's do that one between guests because we got to finish off this stout that's in our cup oh here. My goodness, Thanks strong. Um,
2: Drinking at like coffee cups for something that looks like coffee. And I've eaten five Cold minutes brew. here
1: talking about oyster beers. Uh, it's unlike
2: you. Land the plane, Wheeler. Land the okay, plane.
1: Okay. So you know, what's I this podcast figured, about again? I figured we just needed a little something extra to take the edge off this week because this is gonna be an. Uh, this is going to be, I mean, it's historic right. just because we don't often see impeachments of high officials in Texas. I mean, this will be the third one in our history. Um, it's, it, I think it's going to be even wilder, probably. They probably thought the last two were the wildest of their time. I think this one's going to be wilder than that. You think so? Them. Yeah, I do.
2: Well, well the, the last one, the last statewide official, which was the governor in 1918, 1920, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul pa Ferguson. <clears throat> Paul Ferguson. And there was allegations of corruption there, too, which I think you're right. It was probably the the trial of the century at that time. Fast forward a century, and here we are again. So much has happened leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Will Kim Paxton testify? Mm-hmm. Will he resign? Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of chatter, and I haven't reported any of this, but I've, I've heard a lot of chatter about, oh, he, he's going to resign. Mm-hmm. He comes out on, on X or on Twitter the other day and says, wrong. Yeah. Uh, I will never stop fighting for conservatives and conservative values in this state. A contact of mine said, you know, what was interesting about his statement there was he didn't say he was not going to resign. He just said, wrong, I'm going to continue fighting for, for conservative mm, values. That is interesting. He said, Re- read between the lines here. Read so it's not the- a full denial. Not a full denial. Not, so not it's straight st- on. It still leaves him an opportunity if things were to go south, if if he wanted to do that.
1: Or if they try to compel him to testify, right. uh, but know, he
2: could plead the fifth if if he was uh, he
1: could. But if you plead the fifth, you know, aren't you acknowledging that you, you might have some some legal exposure that you might have done something wrong, or you're you not talking fifth. about it? Yeah, uh,
2: and i like to plead the fifth with you a lot, but
1: you
2: know, <laughs> you still. Well, you've out. probably done a lot of things <laughs> wrong.
1: Uh, So, you know, he's also got, you know, the specter of criminal uh, cases hanging over this. And so, you know, understandably, you'd be nervous about getting up there and getting under oath because that can be used against you in those courts of law as well subsequently.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure. uh, You know, the public can watch this in person in the Senate gallery. Mm -hmm. You're going to be there, you know, watching as well. People can watch it online. I wanna know how many people are in the Senate gallery with yellow legal pads. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, taking notes on this for those, these cases those outside are, of state. Those Senate are the chambers. other attorneys. Those are the prosecutors uh, that, that that I would bet. They're they're probably going to watch the live stream of this. So yeah. but but anyways, I mean there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out.
1: There is, and it's ugly even before it starts. I mean, it's been ugly from the beginning, right. but boy, the back and forth and and you know, it's it's interesting because I've seen some of these ads. I mean, there've been ads. You know, they're taking the airwaves yeah. on this uh, especially on the, you know, the protect Paxton, the pro Paxton side, uh, and basically saying, you know, it's the, it's the left, it's the liberals, uh, you know, trying to defeat him because he's been strong on the border and strong on abortion and, and, you know, strong on, you know, fighting the Biden administration. Uh, This is not the, the left though. I mean, this is, this has become an intra party struggle with Republicans. Uh, on one side, you've got those who are saying, you know, we got to draw this line. It, you know, it's gone too far. we got to do something about this. On the other side, you know, it, it, it's, it's being called, you know, a witch hunt. Uh, this is all made up. This is all for political purposes. They're just trying to damage him. Some of them want to run for his seat. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's getting that's nasty the, before it even begins. And
2: that's the politics behind it. The people with political ambition who are in the Senate who might want that that seat. You know, he, he's had a seat locked up. Just like Abbott's had the governorship locked up and Lieutenant Governor's had, uh, Patrick's had that locked up for what, 12, 10, 12? Long time. 14 years now, it seems like. Yeah. It's, it's a long time. People are waiting in the wings. There are a number of people who would like to run for one of those top three seats. Well,
1: but, you know, uh, in the last election, we saw several, you know, brand name, people, you yeah. know, uh, or, or name brand high profile candidates running for Ken Paxton's seat on the Republican side and, and they couldn't do it, they couldn't right. get past him. Uh, he is popular with a segment of conservatives in Texas who vote, they show up yeah. and they show up every time. And so, you know, that is the question. Uh, you know, can anybody take him out, you know, in an election and if they take him out with a conviction in a uh, an impeachment trial, will, you know, they suffer the consequences right. the next time we get to a primary, you know? And those that, threats that have has, already happened. You know yeah. that that's on the minds yeah. of a lot of these senators.
2: And and to get back to what you just said a moment ago about how it's dividing the Republican Party of Texas. I I wonder Republicans vote in unity more than, more than Democrats, much more than Democrats. and they show up at least in this state much more than Democrats uh, to go vote. I wonder though, at, at the end of this, how divided is the Republican Party of Texas going into 2024? Mm. If it looks like Trump's going to be the, nominee, the Republican nominee for president, what does that look like? Mm.
1: And we're going to get into that with our second guest right today. And I think he's going to have some really interesting predictions about what could happen here. Either way this goes and how that could affect Republicans in this state. in uh, Come 2024. First though, we've got to get to this precinct chair in Collin County. This is where it all started for Ken Paxton, where his political career started yep. in Collin County. And there's a GOP precinct
2: chair there who's going out on a limb here. Speaking of division. Yeah. David Leith is this guy's name. He sends me an email the other day and says, listen, he, Paxton and, and Senator Paxton, General Paxton and Senator Paxton have huge support in Collin County, um, but there are a few of us, himself included who think, that, let the process play itself out. The process needs to play itself out. Because Paxton just wants this stuff dismissed and thrown out. And his supporters do as well. Yeah. Say, so, you know, let's move on with it. They called it a kangaroo court, and it's a sham. And, you know, back to the liberals, back to rhinos, who, who brought these charges just because he says that he's been fighting for conservative values. So David Leith is on the ground. A precinct chair, if you don't know what a precinct chair does. These are the, the most grassroots of, of any political party. They're the ones who physically get the vote out. They, they go out and find candidates to run for different seats. So David Leith sends me an email, and, and I asked him, I uh, said, hey, um, give me a couple other people in addition to yourself I'd like to talk to. Well, I, I called the other people. And um, these were supposed to be pro-Paxton Pro-Paxton people. Yeah. And, and uh, one of them wrote me back on email. I didn't call them. I emailed them first. And one of them wrote me back, and I said, listen, we'd like to do this interview with you to get your point of view on this. She never wrote me back a second time. Crickets. Crickets. Same thing with the, the, the second person that he suggested. She didn't even respond at all. Now, maybe my email shows up in people's junk mailboxes. I don't know. I know you mind. I know
1: you wish it would for yours. It does in mine, or but, it just goes straight to delete if it gets <laughs> into my inbox.
2: But but David answered the call, and uh, th- th- this is a pretty good conversation with somebody who's really on the ground of Republican politics in Collin County.
1: Yeah, it's not real long, but he gets to the point.
0: Hey y'all, this is where Texas politics gets interesting. For another smart conversation on eOlitics.
1: David, thanks so much. David, thanks so much for uh, joining us here uh, from Collin County, no less. This, of course, is uh, ground zero uh, in the Paxton family. That's where uh, his political career started there in Collin County when he went to the legislature. And it's where his wife still represents uh, you all uh, in the state Senate. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're a GOP precinct chair there in Collin County. Right. What are your thoughts uh, about uh, Ken Paxton and this uh, trial that's going to happen in the Senate? Y- y- you're saying, you know, this this needs to happen and needs to be aired out.
3: Yes, uh, I'm a minority. I'll be fair about this. Uh, My situation here is I'm an engineer, quality control. I look at things, I read things. uh, Facts matter, issues matter. And I was a big proponent as soon as I heard about it, first thing I did is read the original documents. And from my opinion, we've got to investigate this. We've got to put it to bed. Uh, Ken Paxton has got to have the opportunity to explain his point of view. And to uh, the prosecution by Senate need the, needs the opportunity to uh, work through the system. Ken's got to have the opportunity to prove that he's innocent or they got to prove that he's guilty and he's got to have the opportunity to say his uh, position. That That's vital. So this is not going to go away unless it runs through the course. So.
2: David, let me ask you this. You you said that you're in the minority inside the uh, Collin County GOP. What have your colleagues been telling you? Because you and I first started talking, you mentioned a couple of other uh, people who would be willing to speak with us possibly, and they have different views than you.
3: Absolutely. And that's a good thing about it. I mean, that's that's how the GOP operates. People are allowed to say their piece, and we vote, and we move on. So, uh, But to be very blunt with my position, uh I'm very was very much favored moving forward. uh some people wanted to, you know, run people against uh our our local reps who voted for the impeachment to to move through and and, and they can do whatever they want to. Uh, my personally thing is Ken Paxton should uh resign today, focus his efforts on uh winning, uh, the next election and dealing with the SEC. And also he, he needs to put this to bed by you know, giving Texas back the $3.3 million or whatever it ends up being out of his own pocket. Hmm. Yeah, Ken Paxton has been very vocal about saying, uh, I'm going to quote it here. I, I've got on my screen here. Wrong, I will never stop fighting for the people of Texas and defending our conservative values. Well, when you think about that, uh, all sorts of logical fallacies in there. Because really, his actions were firing whistleblowers. He is an attorney general. He knows you don't do that. You have got to have a great reason. And this whole thing came down with him trying to settle with them. And there were words even there about how much will it cost if I don't have to admit that I was, if I don't have to apologize. Mm -hmm. And so this Texas has got to eat this money. He wants Texas to eat the money. I'm sorry, but unless Ken Paxton reimburses the state of Texas for what his actions cost us, then he's dead to me. I'm sorry, David. He, it's that simple. There are a lot of Republicans
2: who say that that very kind of thinking is rhino thinking. That that Speaker Dade Phelan in the House of Representatives and the the GOP reps over there who who voted to impeach him. Uh, who, who have the same line of view that, that you have? Th- th- those guys aren't real Republicans.
3: Real Republican is not, you know, embracing ignorance. A true Republican wants everybody to say their piece, let the chips fall where they lie. If you did something wrong, I'm not saying he did. That's why we move forward. I'm not saying he's innocent either. I'm not saying anything about that. It's simply that if you screw up, You take one for the team and you do what is right. What is right is reimbursing taxpayers for all the money that his actions and his actions alone on this settlement cost us. That's something that's not even up for debate.
1: David, uh, as a precinct chair there in Collin County, precinct chairs uh, are very close to the grassroots, very close to the electorate. Yeah, you're you're interacting with people all the time. You're interacting with you know potential candidates for the Republican Party down the road. I'm curious when you say these things. I don't know how often you've said them or how loudly you've said them. I've but, said it loudly. <laughs> okay, um, even before this. So, what kind of feedback are you getting from people?
3: Well, in my precinct, we are fifty-fifty. You, you know, we we are uh, minority majority. We are we're a solid mix of, of Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, so we are purple for all there. So my job is what's best for the people in my precinct, and we are very much on the same page that this needs to play out. No one is above the law. To use all these other expressions, tired expressions, that everybody says, but the bottom line here is there is something here. And Ken Paxton has to has the opportunity to make it right and explain his position.
1: Have you been confronted though- it should be done have you been confronted though by other Republicans uh, because of your beliefs on this
3: oh uh, uh yeah I have But I wouldn't say as much as confrontation uh, confrontation is we don't agree and you know there are things that people don't agree with them all the all the time but we all get the right to speak and to express our position and, and that's good We are all friends. And, you know, we're right. I'll get thrown out there if, it, you know, kind of a knee jerk reaction, but I don't care.
2: David, last question I have for you. You've seen all the news coverage and you probably read a lot of it yourself, but the House prosecutors uh, released almost 4000 pages of documents that they say they plan to use as evidence in trying to get Paxton convicted and removed from office. Which way do you think this is going to swing with all this stuff coming out here as we close in on the opening of the trial?
3: Well, uh, uh, first of all, I've read almost all of it, actually. So uh, it comes down to, look, he only needs 11 votes out of 19 Republicans, and it goes away. So, so statistically, if you look at that, I personally don't see this. Thing, I, 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 I see uh, this whole thing being dismissed, maybe even the same day it starts up uh because the votes aren't the votes just aren't there ken paxton is very powerful politically he's done some wonderful things for a state and also angela i mean she's fantastic we have weekly you know uh you know zoom sessions with people you know in collin county and, and she's wonderful I, i'm i'm sad that she's dragged into this and we don't need to get into the personal you know what happened there we, everybody knows but anyway but it just needs to be put to bed. And, and that's the bottom line. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but if I had to go to Vegas and lay money on it, then yeah, I'd say uh the, the Senate's not going to be able to prove their case and he's going to be acquitted of everything.
1: David, let's say that we get into this though, and it doesn't turn out that way. Let's say that you watch this trial and you think that an incredibly strong case is put forward and you think that it is as obvious as day how this should go. And and let's say you, that you think that, uh, you know, the suspended attorney general uh, should be convicted and removed from office and kept from running again here in this state. But it doesn't go that way. Let's say the vote doesn't go that way among these senators who will act as jurors. Would that shake your faith in your party?
3: My faith in the party will never, st- never be sh- shaken. Bottom line, I mean, there's ups and downs. We have disagreement. The, the, you know, the system said he can be impeached. The system said he's acquitted. Q.E.D. He had his opportunity. And if the Republican Party at the you know county level and at the state level, if Ken Paxton is our candidate for the general election, I'm backing him 100. That's that goes with, with with the you know oath I took.
1: So with that said, then what incentive does a Republican senator have at this point to do this? If 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 you uh, say that, and let's say if there are lots of other Republicans in this state who really feel strongly, let's say during the trial that Ken Paxton is as guilty as sin. Uh, but you know, all of the senators on the Republican side decide to go ahead and give him a pass and leave him in office. What is their incentive to to take that hard to take stand well, if they know that they can still be elected and that the party you, remains in power and no you're using one Using a wide
3: party? net there, guilty as sin. Let's not forget that some of the the articles of impeachment are he had an affair. Mm. Why that is even there, I don't know. So so you know. I'm sorry. I don't care if he had an affair. That but yeah, happened. taking that out of it, though, it. I mean, like so what, you, you know, actual specific, like, bribery and things a, like that. Ask me about something very specific. I'll give you a specific answer.
1: OK, so if, if you were to see a strong case and you felt like, wow, there's evidence here of bribery and misuse of office and corruption in office. Uh, and and yet, you know, the the, the you know, a lot of senators, uh, you know, decided to, to go ahead and leave him there. If that doesn't make you lose your faith and it doesn't make others lose their faith, this is a tough vote for Republican senators to have to take. They're being pulled in both directions. Why would they take a tough stand if enough people out there would say, well, I'm not going to lose faith in them, even if they do what I i don't think they should here?
3: That's why I want him to give us that three and a half million dollars or whatever it is, because you take that off the table have Ken Pax and Ken Paxton ponies up to that, then he, It's really the whole thing comes down to having Texas pick up the bill for, you know, uh, firing the whistleblowers, allegedly. Uh, If he pays that out of his own pocket, then I can't imagine anyone saying, "Okay, he made up for it. Texas didn't take the hit. We got nothing here. So th- that takes it off the table. I'm not going to answer your question about, y- y- you know, what am I going to do if and if this happens. Personally, I believe everybody's going to do what they think is best, and uh, I'm going to back uh, whoever the party uh, nominates in the general election.
2: David, why do you think he should resign?
3: Uh, because if he can resign, uh, if he resign, if he resigns, he can focus his attention on everything else. And if he resigns and the Senate acquits him, then he is now set up to run for governor, you know, U.S. Senate, and his all of his options are wide open. He doesn't have a gag order on it anymore. He would have the freedom, you know, again, should he be acquitted to do whatever he wants to in his career, and again, if he's acquitted, then he'll have my vote for governor or senator or anything else. So I think it'd be a smart move for him to uh, resign for that reason. Plus, he can give his entire attention to, you know, the hand slapping he's probably going to get with the SEC and pay some fine and have it be done with.
1: David Leaf, the uh, GOP precinct chair in uh, Collin County, sharing uh, some uh, thoughts about uh, Ken Paxton with us. Uh, David, thank you so much for, for doing this with us. Uh, it's interesting to hear all viewpoints here. Glad to be here.
0: Click subscribe and get Eolitics every week. Eolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas.
1: Okay, so David Leith says, let's do this thing. Uh, yeah. Let's not just throw it out. Let's not just disregard and cancel this trial or, or, or be done with this. Let's hear it out. And he says he's read every bit of what's come out so far, which is extraordinary Four, if that's true.
2: 4,000 pages.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of reading you Now, some do. of it's
2: an easy read, but that's a lot of material to go through, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: curious to see in this impeachment trial how they're going to present, it's it's voluminous. I mean, just when the House investigators first talked about their investigation yeah. months ago, right before uh, Ken Paxton was impeached in the House, that hearing took three hours. You and I were in it. For them to lay out the, the information. In this case, they've got each side has sixty minutes to be able to do their opening statements, and then they get twenty-four total hours to be able to do their entire case, and that can be over several days, you know. But twenty-four hours to present an entire case, especially when it has a lot of tentacles and a lot of people involved and a lot of witnesses, that is not an easy lift.
2: Yeah, twenty articles of impeachment; sixteen will be, uh, you know, tried Mm -hmm. when he goes on trial. So watching these play out are going to be as interesting as this beer you're about to pour yeah what so is this one? I, so this is the well, okay, second okay so one, now right? Right?
1: we're you know uh, hit me again because we're getting ready for matt McCoviak here uh who is uh, very plugged in in republican circles here in texas uh, and he's going to tell us what he's seen going into this and there's some interesting stuff in this this one's called the cabin fever yeah uh, the, it, wait, interesting
2: stuff in, in matt's interview or in this uh, can both. of beer
1: all the above uh, see <laughs> uh this is called cabin fever it's from 49th state brewing out of alaska as we continue our Alaska Texas connection today, right, the, the, this one is also darker. Yeah. It is a sweet beer. It's going to be nothing like the oyster beer. You Alaskan had the beer tour here. Oh wow.
2: That's a holiday cooking. Dude, that is that is definitely a Christmas beer.
1: That is definitely a holiday
2: wow, cookie. Wow, that'll keep you warm, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I now see why they sell this in 16-ounce in cans. <laughs> the last
1: so did I go in the right order here, do you think? Wow. Should we have done the oyster beer last? They don't have any Pilsners or this anything This is like dessert that? after that. That is. You know? Uh, my goodness. <laughs> they do have Pilsners up there. Gosh. I, just, I looked for the things that I thought might... Anger you the most <laughs> for me to bring
2: back. You, you, you put off this idea that I'm like I'm, I'm angry and I'm bothersome to you. You're very. Ang- I, I, no, I don't, you all I don't the think time. that at all. I really I, don't. I you all the time. No, I really don't. I think you're angry and bothersome
1: in general, not just to me. <laughs> you're talking about yourself here. Yeah. That's, that's what's funny. No, but I mean you're kind of curmudgeonly, you know. So it, and me? it's and it's weird. It's like there's this zero sum game. Like as I'm looking for beers. I think, if I can find one he doesn't like, I win. <laughs> yeah, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, the,
3: the, exactly. It's kind of bizarre and messed exactly. up. Uh,
1: our producer is looking at us he, through a glass here. We're having a very holiday, sweet, like cookie-tasting beer. So, uh, so
3: this will be like a two-hour-long podcast. Yeah, this is going to be a yeah. long
1: one. Look how big these cans are. They're 16 ounces. We don't usually do this.
2: We're lightweight. Right. We are lightweight. So let's get to it here because uh, Matt well, McCovey. It's too late for that. We've I know, already, right? Missed that train. We're, we're, we're deep into the podcast here. Matt McCobiak, though, is, is a, uh, a Republican consultant. He's the chairman of the Travis County Republican Party. Mm-hmm. He's a guy we go to a lot to mm-hmm. to give us an honest take on what's going on inside conservative circles. And this is all playing out right there in, in his yard. Right where he is. So we called him up to, to get an idea of what he's watching for as this thing starts to unfold. Hey, Matt, good to see you again. The trial starts The trial starts on Tuesday. What are you going to be watching for in these early days this week?
4: Yeah, so um, I think the first test is going to be um, what are the rulings on the motions to dismiss? There are a handful of them. They're taking so many different approaches to dismissing the charges. There's a motion to dismiss all of them. There's a motion to dis or 19 of them, I think. Uh, on the prior election doctrine there are individual motions to uh, uh, get rid of them individually and there's a question as to whether uh, the president of the senate the presiding officer lieutenant governor Dan Patrick will make those decisions entirely by himself or whether he'll have the senators vote on them Um, you could imagine that um, it would be sort of less politically fraught for him if the senators voted on those, those motions particularly if they vote to dismiss um, but there are other, uh, there are other motions related to how the house conducted the impeachment, um, the way the evidence was collected, uh, and all kinds of other questions. So it is true that Lieutenant governor was asked this on a Dallas radio show. I don't know, two months ago. And my memory is he said that he thought, um, that uh, this deserves the you know the seriousness of, a, of the individual issues being considered. So I mean, he made it sound like he thought moving uh, you know agreeing to dismiss the charges was not the appropriate step. Um, but you know who knows whether that would continue or, or whether the senators would vote that way. So to me, that's the first question. Um, I think the second question is, um, what are we going to learn? You know, there's been a drip drip here for the last four four weeks or so. Different things have come out. Uh, you know, there's a gag order that affects the participants, but there's not a gag order on leaks and on media stories. And I'm sure that's deeply frustrating if you're the Paxton team. Um, you know, they can't respond, they can't defend themselves, they can't, uh, you know, correct things. Um, that's got to be frustrating. Um, That drip drip, I think, has been intended to try to affect two things: one, uh, to try to put pressure on Republican senators uh, to impeach, and then second, uh, to try to establish that there are quote unquote new facts. Uh, which would then undermine this prior election doctrine. The prior election doctrine, just for those of who who don't know, uh, states that um, you can't impeach someone for acts that occurred in a previous election cycle uh, on the basis that the voters had that information and decided to elect that person anyway. So that, that, that doctrine is going to get challenged. It's going to get tested. It's going to get ruled on one way or the other, uh, and that will be important, uh, particularly if that's part of how Paxton survives here. Um, uh, to me, the th- the third question is, um, what kind of defense does Paxton's law- do? Paxton's lawyers present. Um, you know, there've been you know a couple pieces of information that have dribbled out, uh, proof of a wire related to the home renovations, a couple other pieces of information over the last few months. But during the House uh, portion of the impeachment, uh, that operated really f- or functioned sort of as a grand jury, so there was really no no opportunity or or no real no real tradition uh for paxton's team to be able to to you know present evidence to call witnesses um to respond to testify etc um so we really haven't heard a a strong defense we've heard a kind of a blanket denial by uh, the former current attorney general i guess the suspended attorney general but we haven't heard a detailed uh, defense it'll be interesting to see and i think that the i think that there's a chance that that the the needle they're going to try to thread is that um they're not going to deny some of the behavior, certainly related to the affair. Um, and they're not going to deny some of the decisions he made. What they're going to deny is that these things rise to the level of being uh, worthy of impeachment or being criminal. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the, the last thing to watch is, uh, to me, is going, well, I guess, two last things to watch. Uh, the, the, the second to last one is, uh, will Ken Paxton uh, be forced to testify? Um, I was talking to a couple of people who have a lot of experience in this area in the last few weeks. Apparently, there's uh, no evidence uh, of any uh, elected official, not just in Texas, but across the country, who's gone through an impeachment, who was forced to testify. Now, uh, I don't know if that means that the ones that had to then just pled the fifth or they never had to testify at all. Um, You know, there's some question as to whether it's pretty clear Paxton doesn't want to testify. And actually, I think that does make some sense on, on one level. and That is, if he has potential criminal liability over these questions Uh, That testimony obviously uh, could affect, uh, you know, his, his, his legal situation. Uh, And so, you know, from his, his standpoint, uh, not testifying probably is the right legal decision. You know, if I were him and if I truly did not believe I did these things that were alleged, I would want to testify. Um, Of course, he's going to get asked, you know, a lot of unpleasant questions, things that will be embarrassing things that will dredge up, you know, aspects of the affair, which I'm sure have been damaging to, to his marriage, although from, from all, Outside you know, views, it appears they have reconciled and put, put it behind them, um, which is obviously not easy to do. So um, that defense that the Paxton team puts forward, the witnesses they call, the cross-examination, the facts they try to introduce, uh, to me is going to be very interesting. And then finally, it's just the vote, right? I mean, obviously, the vote is what's going to matter here. And so uh, you have uh, 16 individual uh, articles of impeachment that are going to be considered initially, uh, 15 of them occurred in the previous election cycle. The last one relates to the the uh, whistleblower agreement. I think it would be very hard to impeach on the whistleblower agreement. Texas Whistleblower Act, Act uh, prevents the state uh, – pre- prevents, excuse me, elected officials from, from having to pay personally. Uh, and in this case, I do think it's reasonable to conclude that the Attorney General's office was aiming to put the litigation behind the state and to save the state money. It will cost the state far more money than $3.3 3 million to take this to trial all the way through. But then there's four charges related to the uh, securities fraud uh, allegations, which are now uh, before a court in Houston are, are starting to make uh, maybe finally some slow progress after eight or nine years of yeah. really kind of hanging in the air. But keep in mind, it takes a two-thirds vote to uh, to impeach him on, on any of these uh, individual articles. If they do, Jason, if, if he is not impeached on 15 of them and he's impeached on one of them, uh, my understanding is that he is removed from office. It would then be a separate vote. To determine if he uh, can never hold state office again that of course does not affect federal office uh, and we will have mm-hmm. i think a u.s senate uh open u.s senate seat in 2026 i don't expect senator corny mm-hmm. to run for election although you never know and he hasn't made an announcement mm-hmm. some of these folks want to maybe run for attorney general some of them want to run for lieutenant governor and not have to run against ken paxton some of them yeah, don't yeah. like ken for for whatever reason some of them do like him some of them want you know obviously want to maintain a good relationship with his wife angela who's in the senate i mean there are so many complicating variables uh, here. in the end, I think the evidence will probably uh, uh, lead 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 centers to the decision that they think is right.
1: you mentioned some of the money that's being spent uh, for the influence campaign from from a side that has decided you know that you know maybe it's best for uh, the attorney the suspended attorney general to go. Uh, there's money being spent on the other side as well though we've seen some some texting campaigns Governor uh, former Governor Rick Perry uh, referred to this in his op-ed these you know texting campaigns, these influence campaigns from where you are, you're plugged in, you you talk to these people, how strong is the pressure right now on these senators? How much are they hearing from donors? How much are they, you know, worried about a potential primary if they vote this way or that way? How much pressure is being applied?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think to, to really explain the dynamic, um, what you have, if you kind of oversimplify it as you have, I think the grassroots has generally continued to stick with with Paxton uh, over the allegations, over the challenges. obviously not true of every single individual, but I think most of the Republican grassroots sees him as a a fighter, as a strong conservative, as a Trump ally, as someone who's done a good job as attorney general. Um, Certainly most donors and and perhaps business leaders and to some extent elected officials um, think that maybe that the the right decision is for him to either resign or to be impeached. So there's a sort of a donor grassroots split um, now, to your question, which I do think is important, um, you have uh, half a Senate as of now that is up for re-election in 2024. Uh, there is a possibility that all 31 senators will have to run if, if the uh, map changes because of existing challenges to uh, the map. Uh, you could have a scenario where all 31 have to have to run again. Wow. Uh, we will know that here in the next you know three or four months, I suspect, as we get closer to a filing period. But but. Um, what we know right now is that the Paxton impeachment is going to be an issue in a dozen or two dozen house primaries. Uh, and when I mean, when I say an issue, I mean people running with that being a major part of their campaign with funding coming on that issue, with that being a, a very clear dividing line right now, because the Senate hasn't taken a position, uh, no Senator is really uh, facing that. That could change. If you have uh, you know a certain number of Republicans who are in cycle, um, vote that way, you could have them face conservative challengers on on that issue. So I do think the pressure is is increasing. There's no question. Uh, and, um, you know, there there's a handful of senators that I think are more interesting to watch than others, given their perspective, given their position, given their relationships, given what they may want to do in the future politically. Um,
2: but who, again, who is every, every- that? Who, who is that, Matt? Who should we be watching for? Which senators?
4: Yeah, I think that the two that are the most interesting are are Mays Middleton, uh, who's a fairly new member of the Senate, uh, very personally wealthy from oil and gas, served in the House, has been a, a, a pretty hard line, but, but pretty effective senator. Uh, he put personally put $300,000 behind Louis Gombert, who was one of the four people that ran for attorney general in the primary. That came together very late. Uh, I don't think that was necessarily because Senator Middleton believes Louis Gomert is the best person to be attorney general in Texas. I think at that time, That was intended to try to force a primary runoff on the belief that that would give more time for things to come out and and things to to happen and develop to uh, perhaps weaken Paxton in the primary runoff. There was a primary runoff. George P. Bush got in there, and I think Paxton won something like 60-40 or Um, 62-38. And Middleton, I think, is very ambitious. You know, There's been chatter that he very well may run for lieutenant governor if Dan Patrick doesn't run for re-election in 2026. There's also been chatter that if Ken Paxton is in is the AG that he may run for lieutenant governor. So I think that that is one thing to watch. Obviously, you would hope that, and I'm not saying this just about Senator Middleton that that no no senator would make a decision on something as important as this, as historic as this, based on trying to eliminate a future competitor at a primary for a statewide office. But these are human beings, uh, and they're very ambitious, and, and and so that could be a factor. It could be something you could consider deep in in the recesses of your mind. Uh, I think the second person to watch is Joan Huffman, who, you know, um, who uh, who I think has been discussed as a potential candidate for attorney general in the future. She has a lot of experience working in on those issues in the Senate. She's been highly effective. Um, and um, so, you know, could that potentially uh, be a factor for her? Who knows? Uh, but look, all these senators are interesting in their own way. Um, you know, you could look at someone like maybe Charles Perry, or Drew Springer, who are from rural areas, northeast Texas and west Texas. I imagine that their constituents would be probably pretty. Uh, strongly uh, opposing uh, impeachment. Um, you know how much of this is a senator making the decision because they think it's the right decision versus how much of it is them trying to represent their constituency. It's a it's a question that only they can answer, and it's a conclusion they yeah. can only come to themselves individually.
1: That's what I was going to ask you, you know, you know, for people who who think that maybe, you know, we'll see justice done here. You know, this is a a trial. Uh, It's happening in the Senate, but it's a trial. But is it possible truly to get justice here? I mean, these senators are jurors. You don't usually hear in a trial about jurors being lobbied and about jurors worried about keeping their jobs depending on which way they decide a case. Is it possible to have justice in that environment?
4: Yeah, it's a great question, and and look, this is a this is a fundamentally political exercise. I mean, we have to we have to all be very honest about the fact that this is not a courtroom. Uh, this is not something that has criminal liability. He's not going to jail based on how the Senate votes. Uh, it is a political exercise. Impeachment is a fundamentally political exercise. I think that was true, no matter what your view was on the Trump impeachments. Um, you know, that was a political exercise as well. And part of, I think, how you know it's political is I will wager, you know, an obscene amount of money that every single Democrat in the Texas Senate votes to impeach. Um, and whether you want to say they've concluded that already or they're just all going to be on that that side wearing a blue jersey, I would be shocked. I mean, I mean, knock me over with a feather shocked if, if they didn't vote that way. I do think I, you know, I should add there's another person to watch here that's very interesting, and that's John Whitmire. Mm-hmm. uh who is a, a sitting senator from houston one of the longest serving members of the senate has a huge uh, war chest of I, th- I say 10 or 11 million dollars and now is, is is one of the top two leading candidates for mayor of houston he has attracted a lot of business and even in some cases gop donor support on the belief that he would be a more pro-law enforcement mayor than the other leading contender congresswoman sheila jackson lee who's more progressive uh, this puts him in an, in in, a, in an interesting position. He's generally been somewhat aligned with the lieutenant governor. Um, I don't. I doubt he's you know all that close with the attorney general, uh, but it puts him in a little bit of a of a position. If he somehow were to not vote with all the Democrats, um, I assure you that would become an issue in the mayor's race. I do expect him uh, not not with any knowledge. I do expect him to vote to impeach, and, and all those Democrats will come together. But to your question, you know, it, sure, it's it, it, it's totally different, right? Jurors' uh, identities are kept secret, or they certainly should be. Um, they're supposed to report to a judge if they have any outside uh, influence uh, placed upon them or feel any pressure. They're not even supposed to watch the news uh, about a specific case. They're generally instructed not to do that. No one has instructed the senators not to watch the news, not to look at text messages, you know, not to hear from constituents. So it's a totally different kind of exercise
2: and Matt, Paxton believes he's done nothing wrong here. And the one question I just can't figure out in all this looking at the drip, drip, drip of evidence, uh, hearing both sides is, what in the world do you think Ken Paxton saw in Nate Paul?
4: Yeah, so I, look, I, I fundamentally do not believe this was a, an issue of a donor, uh, of, of the Attorney General trying to repay a favor or or, or give a benefit to a donor. Uh, Ken Paxton probably has 200 or 300 or 400 people who have given $25,000 sure. at any time while he's been Attorney General of Texas to his campaign, which is what Nate Paul gave. In the grand scheme of things, he is not in the top 100 donors or 200 donors to Ken Paxton. Uh, if you were going to you know, help everyone that gave you $25,000 as Attorney General of Texas, you would be doing favors nonstop. Right. Right? So I, I've never believed that that was the motivator. Uh, what I can tell you is Look, he clearly should have had better judgment about Nate Paul. Um, and, and you know, Nate has obviously is facing very serious problems right now. Um, and, but, but, you know, there was chatter and, and I think doubt about his business empire, how quickly he emerged as a major player, uh, really kind of out of nowhere and the way he was operating, uh, his flashy lifestyle. So I do think he probably uh, showed some poor judgment there and perhaps, you know, trusting Nate Paul's word. Uh, As much as he did. That said, what I can tell you is, um, and this is what I this is what I was talking about about the defense. It'll be interesting to see whether the Paxson team is able to 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 show and demonstrate why Nate Paul believed it was believed he was being treated so unfairly. Uh, My understanding is that there was no active warrant uh, when Nate Paul's home and office were raided. That 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 was backdated after the fact. Now the question is, is it appropriate for the Attorney General to hire an outside lawyer to to try to help? You know, that individual who feels they've been wrong, is it appropriate for the Attorney General to set up a meeting with the DA so they can hear they can ha- hear out Nate Paul's concerns? I don't think setting up a meeting with another official is a, is a benefit that would only happen for a donor. I think a business leader that may have supported another candidate against Ken Paxton, if they were in the same circumstance, I suspect he would do the same thing. The outside lawyer and all of that is a different question. Uh, but so, so to answer your question, did he ra- did he show some, some perhaps poor judgment in, in sort of aligning with and trusting Nate Paul the way he did early on? I think that's right, and I think deep down he probably would admit that. That doesn't answer the question as to whether Nate Paul was being treated fairly throughout the process. And I just don't know the answer, but what I can tell you is if they can prove there was no warrant, uh, no active warrant, you know that may be a, a, an important uh, fact for senators that may explain why the Attorney General is taking the steps that he took. Um, and, and so, you know, that's just, I think, you know, an interesting aspect of this that may come out.
1: Even if he wasn't doing it though, to help someone who had donated money to him, let's say if you, you know, you're in that position and you do something to help out a good friend, you you just want to help out a good friend. It doesn't have to do with them being a donor to you as well, which does complicate things. Um, you, you know, even if you make a mistake in judgment like that, that can lead to crimes, Uh, that can lead to, you know, uh, abuse of office, it can lead to corruption, it can lead to bribery uh, in its own right. Um, These are serious allegations that are being put out there. Uh, We know that there's cases moving forward uh, in in the criminal realm affecting uh, the suspended attorney general. How much liability do Republicans feel here if, okay, let's say we go through this trial uh the, the public sees all of this evidence, they hear all of this evidence, which, you know, as you've mentioned over the last month, as we've seen this drip drip, it has looked damning because, you know, obviously we're only hearing one side of this. But what if we go through this whole trial and, and, and you know, the public hears all of this strong evidence um, and then, you know, he, he gets off, he, he, he maintains his position. But then one of those criminal cases pops. You know, and don't Republicans then look like like they 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 let him off the hook and then the criminal justice system came along and 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 did, you know, the work that they didn't do. Is there a worry about that from the Republican side?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting question, um, and, and, it, and it could look bad if they choose to uh, to not not impeach him. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, he gets convicted criminally, either uh, federally or, or in, at some other level. I guess the DOJ has basically taken this case over, so it probably would be federal that he where he'd be dealing with it. Um, you know, again, I do think that the you know the, the process, the rules of evidence, uh, all of that are, are different in this case than they would be in a criminal matter, uh, and so I think there may be some some differences there. And look, I think there's an open question as to whether it's one thing to set up a meeting; it's another to have an outside lawyer look into the allegations that Nate Paul was raising. It's a whole nother, wholly another one to have him start doing favors for you. If if there are favors related, you know, to to home renovations or or having your 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 mistress, you know, get a job or this, this stuff with Uber or whatever else, obviously that gets into a, a category that, that that would give that should give almost any anyone who, who would serve in a quote unquote juror role uh, concern and pause. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know whether senators are going to be looking at this through the lens of of sort of history and, and being on the quote unquote right side of history uh, and, and being proven that their decision was the correct one, you know, a year or two from now when this gets adjudicated uh, criminally. My guess is they're just going to try to make the best decision they can in the moment based on the facts they have based on the way it's conducted based on the fact that this is fundamentally political to some extent. Um, so, you know, there's 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 some different angles. Uh, to this, for them to consider, and they're all going to have their own way of evaluating this.
2: Matt, we've seen the House prosecutors release the four thousand pages of evidence. We've seen Texans for lawsuit reform come out, a, a conservative group, um, and be in opposition to to Paxton. Rick Perry, of course, wrote the op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. What does your gut say right now? Which way is this thing going to go? Earlier, when we spoke a few weeks back, you thought Kim Paxton likely survives this. A lot has changed on the ground since then. Does Kim Paxton survive this trial?
4: Yeah, you know it's hard to to predict right now because there's so many variables that still have to get um, assessed and, and ruled on. Right? If I knew whether the motion to dismiss was was voted on and what that vote looked like, that's a test vote, right? Uh, if no Republican votes to, to, in favor of the motion to dismiss, that's one thing. If there's a split vote, that may give you an idea of, of you know, where the votes might be at the end, right? Um, what I will say is I do think a month ago or two, month ago, two months ago, I thought he was likely to survive this. Uh, I do think that the odds of that have decreased. Um, you know, I thought maybe there was a 70% chance he'd survive this a couple of months ago. I think it's probably 50-50 or maybe slightly below 50-50 even right now. But again, without knowing what the defense is going to present, without knowing what the, how the exact rules are, 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 are going to be enforced, without knowing how the motion to dismiss is going to go, without knowing whether he's going to testify or have to testify, or be forced to testify, these are huge questions, right, that if they go one way or the other, it truly affects uh, the way things will go. I do think the last month has been, uh, been bad for Paxton's team, and that may or may not be his fault. Uh, this gag order is, is, is a serious one, and it does limit what he can do. Uh, Perhaps he needed, an, he needed allies out there pushing more, perhaps even publicly, uh, the way that the other side has been, uh, because cl- clearly this is being worked, at, worked out in the sort of uh, court of public opinion uh, as a pressure campaign in both directions. But, but right now, I think senators are under more pressure to impeach than they are to not impeach. Uh, whether the grassroots gets organized and starts to apply pressure, to me, is a big question here in the, in the next you know, week to 10 days. But I think we're going to know pretty early on how this thing begins to 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 unfold
1: matt if he does survive this impeachment trial and and maintains his office does ken paxton then become sort of the most powerful politician in austin and what does this do to the party if he survives does he you know does he go on a revenge tour does this deepen this chasm that we've been seeing in the texas republican party because there is a chasm there what happens if he survives to him and to the party
4: yeah, I don't think he be, I don't think he gains power. Um, you know, he, he may gain some status and some profile and, 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 you know, maybe among sort of Trump voters, he may be seen as, as, as a, even more of a fighter. Um, but, you know, his problems aren't over if he survives this. I mean, you still have the other four charges that, that have to get dispensed with for him not to be suspended. These are the four charges related uh, to the criminal uh, or to the uh, uh, securities fraud uh, allegations. Uh, you have two 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 challenges before the state bar to try to disbar him. I think both of them are ridiculous, but who knows how the state bar will ultimately rule. You have a grand jury in San Antonio that's been meeting. Presumably, they'll be indicting him at some point here. I would tend to think that that's more than a 50-50 scenario. Uh, so, so I guess the point is, you know, his problems are not over. And of course, he still has the, the securities fraud uh, trial to go forward, right? So even if he survives this, he's going to have a lot of other problems. Now, for the party, I do think this will be divisive. I actually think it's divisive either way. Uh, if, they, if they if they don't impeach him, uh, there becomes an even bigger split between the House leadership and the Senate leadership. If they do impeach him, the senators, Republican senators that vote for that are going to put them at risk of a primary either now or next time, particularly now, those who are in cycle now. And that might be something to watch for. Perhaps the senators who are up two years from now might be more likely to vote to impeach than the ones who are up this this next year might be less likely to impeach. it might be something to watch, but, but um, yeah, look, the, the, look, this is the Paxton stuff and, 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 and the, the fight over how conservative the house is and whether quote unquote Democrats run the house, that's going to be a huge issue in the primaries. Exactly how many districts that truly affects remains to be seen. The question is, is the Senate going to be part of that battle or not? And, and I think that'll be a, that'll be, that'll be a, a consequence or a result of the decision the Senate makes but even if
1: that even if that you know makes the the chasm deeper in the republican party that doesn't necessarily imperil them as far as being able to control state government does it uh, or, or or does it
4: <laughs> well i mean the question becomes will republicans unify after the primaries and primary runoffs um and and then how does that affect the presidential election cycle here in, in november of 2024 um you know, if Trump were the nominee and he's at the top of the ticket, we've saw him win Texas by nine percent eight years ago and six percent four years ago, right? If if that trajectory continues and it's a three percent margin, which I'm not predicting, but if that is what happens, you're going to have a hell of a lot of seats that are going to be very, very competitive in November of 2024. And so, so even if, if some Republicans
1: 10- stay home because there's bad right. blood because of this Paxton impeachment, that could be especially costly, couldn't it?
4: That's right, and and look, I, there are really are no. Uh, there's maybe one of the 31 Senate seats that could be competitive in November of 2024. Uh, the House is different. I mean, there's there's a dozen House seats, even yeah. maybe 15 that could be competitive, where a five percent undervote of Republican voters could be the difference. So, so yeah, this is going to be divisive for the Republican Party. There's no question, um, and it's a it's a very complicated matter. This is there's no rule book for this. Um, you know, this is un, almost unprecedented. Certainly in the modern era. Um, but it's obviously an important it's an important matter for for the Senate to take seriously, and I think they will
2: and it's about to get going. Matt, I always appreciate your insight, man. thanks so much. take care. thank y'all. Thank you, Matt.
0: okay, y'all, the conversation doesn't stop here. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at eolitics
1: so that's a lot it's a it's a lot of context it is and 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 you know keep all of this stuff in mind all of these little nuggets uh, that he just got to that both of them just got to as the trial unfolds there in the, the Texas Senate.
2: Big question is, how long is it going to last? Uh, you know, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick said two and a half to three weeks. Roland Gutierrez says to my friend Ryan Chandler the other day that it's going to go four to six weeks. Jeez. Can you imagine four to six weeks? I, I don't see how that's going to happen.
1: I can't wait to see what the viewership is on this. All right. You know, <laughs> I, on this podcast, but, or, well, or that on, on, too. on that, yeah.
2: especially if it drags that long, though. If you are still listening this far into the podcast, we <laughs> appreciate that. Congrats! Wheeler <laughs> went on forever about his Alaskan beer and how I'm always gone, but I've, he's but he's in Alaska. I've right? held on to these a long time, waiting so, for you to get back. So this is an early release, uh, but we're, we're going to uh, have this podcast in Austin, right. uh, for the entirety of the of the Paxton impeachment trial. You can watch the Paxton impeachment trial um, on on the website, Mm wfaa.com. You can watch it uh, live stream there.
1: Or if you have the WFAA Plus app on your TV, on your smart TV, we're doing gavel to gavel there. So you can watch all of it with in-depth analysis as well. And again, of course, uh, uh, Yolitics is going to be live from Austin uh, these next couple of weeks or who knows, four to six weeks. We don't know how long this is going right. to take. I hope uh, but not. we're going uh, to be doing the podcast from there as events unfold. Uh, and, and this should be uh, an interesting time. I mean, you know, we're, we're living through history. This is history. And, and which way do you think it's going to go? nobody knows even the most plugged in insiders i mean you heard matt makoviak he he's changed all of his calculations just in the last month nobody knows which way this thing is going we don't know where the curveballs are going to be in this but we know there are going to be some
2: i'm sure our listeners have some ideas on which way they want it to go oh yeah Tweet me or X me. What do you say now? X me? Uh, I can't get on with that. Like
1: I'm, I'm waiting for them to change the name back. I'm still calling it Twitter.
2: So, so tweet us and tell us which way you think it's going to go. He is at Jason Wheeler TV. Yep. And I am at Jason Whiteley. Curious what you think, and then we'll find out which way it goes as this thing starts on Tuesday.
1: Thanks for listening, as always. And remember, if you prefer to watch your podcasts, yeah. just search for uh, Yolitics on YouTube. We have it all there on video, and you can see these lovely two dark, very different beers that we've had. Maybe today.
2: you want to drink your podcast like, <laughs> like I'm doing right now. So
3: thanks uh, thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you from Austin.